everybody. Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu. My name is Gabe Estel, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Dennis Levi Leach and Jonathan Getz. How's it going, guys? Hola. All right. Episode 22 is here. We've got a really fun installment for you tonight. Hopefully, it'll become an annual thing. Uh, you could even play along at home if you'd like, so we'll tell you about that in just a little bit. Um, first, we'll go ahead and do the leadoff portion of the night, talk a little bit about what's going on in spring training. Um, I think we've kind of reached that point in spring training where most of us will probably be glad when it ends because <laughs> it seems like it's been going on for, for quite some time now. Um, but we still have two weeks left, actually, of exhibition baseball. Just Too about, long. Just about two weeks left. Uh, until we start getting some real games and opening day arrives and and everything returns to normal. So I, for one, I admit, I spoke to Jonathan about this before Levi logged on. Um, you know, I follow some stats, but I, I am out of the habit of looking at them every day. I mean, I, I see if the White Sox win or lose every every day, but uh, I, you know, I haven't looked at the box scores that closely lately. Um, Levi? Really, for you guys, the box score that matters is somebody who's putting up um, pretty unprecedented. Well, I wouldn't say unprecedented, but you know, pretty pretty phenomenal numbers, yeah. particularly for a guy that uh, hasn't even taken a big league at bat yet. Yeah. So an official big league at bat. Yeah, Chris Bryant, man, he's tearing uh, it up, tearing up major league spring training pitching for what that is worth. I, and, um, yeah, and so. I I don't know what to say other than I love it. It's like great to see all the time, you know, and um, it seems like it's been contagious. A yep. lot of Cubs are hitting home runs. Um, yeah. So are they going to keep them up? Or are they going to uh, And that's the controversy, the yeah, That's the right. major controversy. Um, no, they're, he could hit nine mil. He could hit nine more home runs. He's got eight plus like one unofficial. He won't make it because if they keep him behind for three weeks or so, they gain a year at the back so, end. So you'll so, see him at the end of April. Play yeah, this. and so it's yeah. like I, I totally am fine with that. I understand that. I'm, I own my own business, so a part business. of me is yeah. like, hey, I, I, but, I, but part of me is like, okay, yeah, it would be great to have him. Yeah. Is the guy going to cool off so much in three weeks that he then can't be in the big leagues? No. Yeah, probably not. But it's like, dude, the, the cup. When it comes to the Cubs, you know, beggars can't be choosers. You know, it's been so long. Like, what are you waiting for? If, if the dude, okay, let's say if the dude has a <laughs> uh, has a WAR of of like five, right. then oh, that yeah. means while he's in the minors, that's one game that he probably could have won for the Cubs on his own. Yeah. Uh, and if they miss out on the division or the wild card by a game, there you have. It. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt in Iowa. You know, <laughs> oh, that would suck. No, literally they're going to Iowa. He will be in Iowa and ride the pine for three weeks. Right. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Just don't let him have any of bats in Iowa. Yeah, Just no strained obliques. Yeah. So yeah, that's the Cubs in a nutshell. Yeah, right. No, man, I'm uh, I'm excited for you. It's certainly. Uh, at least in spring training, he's arrived, man. He is, he's, you got a good one there. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. You know, Most I likely. mean, yeah, right. Fingers always crossed behind my back. I am oh, a yeah. Fan. yeah. Yeah. But, um, 
Uh, if he's he's he looks legit. Like I said, the the homers are contagious. The other day I was watching and uh, who was it? Was it the catcher they picked up just for uh, Lester? Is it Ross? David Ross? Oh yeah, David Ross. Yeah, oh, he right. hit a home run. And I was <laughs> like, holy cow! Yeah, yeah, well, spreading like wildfire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Jonathan, what what's going on with? the Royals camp um actually on a, a bit more of a somber note um one of the Royals super fans uh was shot uh the other no, night bummer. Um, sorry to hear that yeah Jim, Jimmy Faisler and I, I'm bringing it up because uh while he's he's survived uh, he's in the hospital after multiple surgeries it was during a, a, a home robbery where he was shot his, his home sucks. was being robbed um and uh but he's you know the the medical bills are uh, gonna pile up and so they're gonna have a uh um, uh, a fundraising uh, deal for him on uh, GoFundMe.com. Uh, yep. So I'll post that link on yeah. the uh, on the website and probably on Facebook as well and Twitter. Um, because, yeah, this guy was um, also instrumental. I, I know he was involved in bringing Sung Woo Lee over, um, the Royal oh, uh, the, South uh, Korean superfan. Right, uh, right. Uh, last that was a nice year. story. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, we're, we're all thinking about him. Hope he uh, is able to recover to attend some games this year. Well, uh, yeah, I hope uh, hope him and his family get some good news, and he's yeah. back rooting for the Royals soon. Yeah, yeah um, you know, with the White Sox uh, in spring training, um, it's been kind of a you know, it's it's uh, we've had some guys hit well. Certainly, our record doesn't always you know our records. I, don't know, I think we're I think we're nine and ten. I think, yeah, it don't matter. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but um, you know, we've had this guy. Um, I've mentioned him before on the show, and you, I don't know, you probably have seen, maybe you've seen him play as well because he's been in the league for a couple of years. This guy named Avasail Garcia, who missed a lot of last year. Um, we got him from Detroit a couple of years ago, and right. um, you know we were pretty high on him because he's just kind of just an all-around stellar athlete. He can he checks all of the boxes. You know he can hit, he can field. He's got a good Five arm, etc. Um, so he's hit three sixty-eight. You know, 38 at bats, uh, on base percentage of 429. So uh, I think he's probably going to hit fifth. I think fifth or sixth. Yeah. So uh, so I'm excited about that. You know, because he missed most of last year. Got hurt. Got hurt probably within the first 10 games of the season. Came back in late August and didn't quite find his groove. So um, you know, he's still only I think 25. Um, or actually, I don't even know if he's that old. Uh, he's he's young still. Does does uh, Abreu hit third or fourth? Abreu's going to hit third. Okay. okay. Yeah. Who hits cleanup? Um, Melvina. Yeah, I think I think well, Cabrera no. I think is going to hit cleanup or he's going to hit second. I was going to say he hit second. I think here in Kansas City. I think City. he's going to hit second. Um, hmm. you know, it might be maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe Garcia's hitting cleanup. Yeah. And then um. LaRoche, I would assume, would hit probably. Let's get yeah. to the let's get to the chase. You're going to sign Adam Dunn here in May, and he's going right. to hit cleanup. <laughs> Frank Thomas coming out of retirement. That's right. Um, but he's but you know um, Garcia's look good. Uh, Alexei Ramirez I, has looked really good. You know he's yeah. hitting close to 400. Yeah. You know I think kind of very quietly has been one of the better oh, yeah. one of the better shortstops uh, over the last you know five six years. Um, and then we've got this kid, the last point I want to mention, um, we've got this kid that was our first round draft pick back in 2012. Um, we took him right out of high school 
and his name's Courtney Hawkins, and he actually has had a really good spring. Um, he's hitting four twelve. You know, his on base percentage is uh, like four and a quarter. Uh, he's got four homers. Um, you know, ten RBIs, uh, quite a few hits as well, three doubles. So yeah, Courtney Hawkins. Remember the name. He's probably not quite. He's not going to make the team, um, but he uh, he was our first round pick. We took him out of high school. So you know the bad thing about that is always you know it's going to take these guys like four, three, four years. To the hitters, yeah. Oh, yeah. The hitters, yeah. Maybe even more. You know. Yeah. But still, you know, he's in his. This will be his fourth. Well, uh, I think. I think he's played like three and a half, three years in the minors, maybe two mm-hmm. and a half years. Um, and uh, he's still only 21, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so that's the upside, you know? Yeah. I mean, even if it takes another year, you know, he'll only, he'll, he'll arrive in the big leagues. Hopefully at like 22 or 23. Yeah. So I like what I see out of him. He's a good athlete, good outfielder, pretty good outfielder. Um, so, so yeah, Courtney Hawkins. All right. You yeah. heard it here first. You got it. So remember the name. Um, all right. Well, tonight, getting into the heart of the order here, um, we've got something that's fun, and it certainly coincides with March Madness. I know a lot of people had their brackets busted over the weekend uh, with teams like Baylor and Jonathan's alumni, uh, uh, Iowa State, uh, as well, going out in the first round. Sorry about that, folks. Yes. <laughs> um, so... Um, what we've, what we've devised here is we're taking the concept of March Madness and applying it to guitarist. Okay. Because we can, because we can. Yes. Call it what you like. Uh, you know, guitar bracket, Malmsteen madness. I like personally, uh, although, although Ingve is not, not, he was not eligible. He he couldn't make it overseas. (laughs) Right. He couldn't. Yes. Um, yeah, his problems with his passport. But anyway, um, so anyway, we've got a lot of great. We've got sixty-four great guitarists, um, completely uh, randomly chosen. Completely, yeah. We just kind of started plugging names um, a couple months ago, and then Levi chose them at random. Put we put them in the bracket, and that's that's the sixty-four. There's a lot um, of intentional omissions. There are. Yeah, you're probably some of you are going to watch this. and You're going to say, "What about?" x or y or z shit happens they've been ruled ineligible right there's only you know what not every team my logic is not every team makes the tournament ever yeah maybe they'll be eligible for next year they might they might academic probation and they could go far they could be remember when george mason like went to the final four (laughs) after being like a like what like a 15 seed or something a couple years ago somebody could be that you know Yep. yep Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun, and what we're going to do tonight is we're actually going to get through the first two rounds to sort of catch up with um, where the NCAA tournament at is, because you know they've got 16 teams left in the NCAA tournament, and we're going to have 16 guitarists left. We're going to barrel through after it. this evening. So we've got the bracket here on the screen, and since there are three of us, we're just going to be voting uh, the winner moves on the loser um you know puts his guitar back in his case and goes home um and it should be a lot of fun um we'll talk a little bit about we want to get through these relatively quickly because we know we do have a lot of them um we'll we're gonna 
sort of analyze the guitarists a little bit more once we get down to 16 um, and 8 and 4 uh, until we get the winner. So tonight's going to be a little bit quick, but um, you know we can con- continue the conversation online on our Facebook page or on Twitter um, or uh, you know you can yeah, yeah tell us many why ways you to think get a hold somebody of somebody should or shouldn't have made it exactly why also why, on rockchew.com we'll we'll talk on about rock it on there as well. Com as well you can find us there and then you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at rock in that's the letter N as in Noel Gallagher who is one of the uh, the hey, guitarists yes rock in chew at rock and chew all right well boys let's get this party started um we've got four brackets and they're actually i don't know if it shows it on the display on the screen but we have four sort of god guitarists that like we didn't include just because we thought it would be too easy and um i don't know just it would be like um you know Jimi Hendrix would be the equivalent of Duke or Kentucky winning, you know, the tournament right. every year. At some point, you get tired of seeing Kansas in the final four. Exactly, yeah. So we just decided to to just – those guys are, are not going to be included. Those four guitarists, just in case you're wondering, Jimi Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Eric Clapton, and Dwayne Allman. We left out those four. Um, I know, obviously, those guys, if it, all names were on the table – those guys certainly would be at the top of the list, but uh, we're gonna we're not gonna include them tonight. It's the guitar they've, god they've, exemption. They've already they've already got their recognition. Yeah, guys, you know, uh, and there's a lot of famous people still in our brackets as well. But um, there's also some some dark horses too that deserve mention. So, all right, let's go ahead all and right. get started with this, boys. All right. all right. So so it's best two out of three or three to right. nothing advances right. yeah. the guitar. Yes, yeah, yeah, two out of three. Yeah, they go. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's roll. Audley Freed and Nels Klein is our first matchup. And and by the way, everybody, we didn't do seeds. Okay, we just we just chose them, and then we just just filled in the brackets. So there's not like a sixteen versus a one or anything. Next year, when we have an intern, things. we'll have seeds. That's yeah. right. That's that right. Definitely intern work. We'll have the intern do that. <laughs> um, all right. So, Audley Freed versus Nels Klein. Uh, Jonathan, go. Uh, you, you know, Nels Klein, I think, is one of the uh, most important guitarists of the last 20 years. His work with Wilco. And uh, I saw him uh, playing uh, with Mike Watt in 98 uh, at the Metro in Chicago. He used a fucking toy gun to play that guitar. Um, and uh, his, But his work with Wilco has transformed that band into something that has made him one of the most important bands of the last 20 years. So i got to go with Nels Klein. All right. Levi? i uh, got to go Freed, all afro. Boom. <laughs> all afro. Nice. <laughs> you know, this was a tough one um, for me. Uh, one guy, I think, does more innovative things. Another guy, like Levi, he's sentimental to me. <laughs> um, uh but I'm going to go with Nels Klein because I just, like Jonathan already said it, uh, he articulated it well. He's, you know, he turned Wilco into a totally new band um, and uh, a better band, in my opinion. Agreed. So, yep. All right. So, Audley, see you later. Um, all right. Moving on down the line. Uh, ooh, this is a good one. Um, we've got David Gilmore versus Slash. This was a tough one. It is. It is. Levi, go ahead and go first, oh, okay. man. Uh, yeah. 
I went with my gut, and that was Slash. Whoa. Had to go Slash. Oh, it was wow. tough because Metal is one of my favorite albums of all time, but um, I, I just had to go Guns N' Roses. Yeah, all right. Slash. I understand the, the conflict there. I asked for a couple of opinions, my wife's and a, and a buddy I play catch with on the weekends, and, and they both actually said Slash. Uh, and But I, I think, I you know, I got to go with Gilmore because uh, the, the tones involved are are just too uh, spiritual in a way. The guitar, the songwriting is, is oh. phenomenal. Slash, obviously, is, is a huge part of the history of rock and roll. Uh, but on 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 this given day, uh, David Gilmore triumphs. Yeah, uh, you know we like everybody that we put in here. <laughs> oh yeah, have, that's the you know, beauty of doing this totally cut. random. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of like it's, uh, it's kind of like an actor or an actress saying it was an honor to be nominated when they didn't. Oh yeah, Oscar. yeah. Anyway, um, this is tough too. Um, I'm gonna go with Gilmore. I mean, I I just look at his work on. I mean, like I like. The albums that he's played on, they're not only like some of my favorite Pink Floyd albums, they're some of my favorite albums, you know what I mean? Animals is one of my favorite albums. Metal's one of my favorite albums. Um, so it's, it goes, it goes, I go Gilmore, man. Okay. And, uh, you know, also I'll say this and last thing, he sounds really good today still, if you guys haven't yeah. heard him. Yeah. Um, like he, uh, he's aged well. Um, yeah. ability yeah he's still a very fluid player his voice still sounds pretty good too anyway yeah all right okay next up brian right. a kirk hammett Ooh, good one good one here um it took me a second yeah i yeah. like brian may more than i like queen you know mm. what i mean yeah. like i think yeah. brian may's a really good guitarist mm-hmm. oh yeah uh yeah. and I, I i respect queen and i i certainly like they're you know they they put out a string of of really good albums um i don't necessarily know if you know obviously circumstances that's a lot to do with that i don't necessarily know if they maintained it um but yeah i'm gonna i'll go first i guess this time um the other it's the other his opponent is kirk hammett and um who i think is an underrated guitarist like don't get me wrong like he's in one of the biggest bands in the world but oh, i don't yeah. i don't hear his name mentioned a lot among the great guitarist and uh his work's really consistent i mean i think the solo on yeah. one is probably one of the most beautiful solos i've ever heard oh, yeah. um, They're, they they wouldn't be a as big a band without him oh I no 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 hell yeah. of a player so i go with hammett man uh, I mean, it's tough. I mean, Brian I had is Hammett fucking phenomenal, first. but yeah. I had him at first. I I marked it out and I went with May. Okay, just because I always thought it was cool, and like you, I was more of a May fan than a Queen fan. Yeah, I thought it was always cool that he built that guitar and like the pickups. Him and his dad built. Oh, okay, it. yeah. So I just I always thought that was a really cool story. And yeah. So it endeared me to Brian May when I was a teenager. Smart guy. He's got a PhD in astrophysics. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, yeah, I went with me. Tough one. All right. Well, you know, I'm gonna I'll be the tiebreaker here, and uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Brian May as well, uh, mainly because of the range, uh, and yeah. uh, you know, he's uh, the the songwriting is pretty pretty phenomenal. Uh, yeah. A lot of respect for uh, Hammett's work and Metallica oh, and everything. Yeah. But that, it was tough. Yeah. I, tough I really one. like Kirk Hammett a lot. 
Yeah, so, going with May. Yeah, okay. all, all of these matches, not all of them. I mean, some of them are, some of the choices were a little easier than others, but, you know, it's kind of like when, like, the eight seed plays the nine seed. You know, they're both comparable teams. Right, it's a toss-up. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on. Okay, we've got Peter Frampton of uh, Humble Pie and also Solo Fame versus John McLaughlin. John McLaughlin played with Miles Davis. Uh, what is it? Mahu Vishnu Orchestra? Is that yeah. a, mm-hmm. what yeah. else? Okay, right. Sure. That's what I thought. Um, Jonathan, go ahead. You start this one, and we'll go to Levi, and then I'll do it. You know, I think uh, you know if, if Frampton just stayed and, and worked in Humble Pie for uh, instead of going solo, I, I probably would have gone with Frampton, but McLaughlin's work, uh, is the diversity of his work, the range, again, of his work, uh, the technicality, of it all, right. um, you know, he he didn't yeah. he didn't need a a, a Heil uh, uh, a vocal box uh, to to gain superstardom. Um, uh, he never he, needed he, an album where he was like open shirted, laying on the yeah, yeah shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> as as a guitarist who used to work in a guitar store, I'm going to go ahead yeah. and uh, vote for the go. guitarist and say John McLaughlin. Hmm. It was right. tough. This was another tough one for me because. It basically came down to like rock or technical, and um, I went Frampton, and wow. I don't I don't know why, other than the fact that the early Humble Pie stuff really still sticks with me. Oh yeah, I still listen to Do You Feel Like I Do every once in a while on vinyl, just because that live off Frampton Comes Alive is just amazing version of that song. But I, I do kind of get the he hides behind the uh, Heil talk box a little bit. Uh, admittedly, when it comes to, yeah, yeah, his his most famous. Yeah, he's stuff. definitely not as diverse. I just I had to go for him. He's living in like a suburb in Ohio. You got to pull it, for Frampton. His stuff <laughs> in Camel is pretty good as well, too. Yeah, I have that. Frampton's yeah. Camel record, yeah. Uh, this is a tough one for me. Um, I have to go with sort of not maybe necessarily a better guitarist but a more cohesive guitarist i'll take frampton wow i mean right. yeah i will i mean i, I know it's bound to upset some no, people. yeah yeah and yeah. i bet later i'll pick a technical guy over a rock guy right. that's what's good about this some of these arguments are gonna like uh, boil down to just like a gut it's just gut thing, just rapid Go. it's totally superficial at times yeah it's all subjective yeah <laughs> this next one's not difficult for me but i'll be curious to hear how you guys vote um, I'll go ahead then. I'll start. Okay, yeah. uh, we've got Dave Navarro versus Noel Gallagher. Um, I'm I'm a, I'm an Oasis apologist, um, so I've stated that uh, for a number of years, and uh, I think Noel's quite frankly a, a really good, if not great, guitarist. Um, I mean, talk about a guy that gets some fucking killer tone out of that Epiphone, um, or maybe he plays a Gibson too. I don't know. I, I've the seen Gibson him with Les the Epiphone. Yeah. yeah. Or, or um, yeah, his Epiphone three thirty five. Right, yeah. right. Um, Dave Navarro, uh, you know, I the Jane's work is good, but I thought um, I thought he was one of the weaker guitarists to ever be in the Chili Peppers, quite frankly. Um, and I'm not. I like that record. Yeah, it's all right. Oh, the, um, um, yeah, one hot so minute. Goes, yeah, no, one hot minute. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I like that no, record. No, for me. Pretty easy. This this one wasn't. This one wasn't. This one wasn't super easy for me because I like both the guitarists. Um. I had Navarro, I then scratched it out and went Gallagher. 
All right. All right. Um, that makes it easy, but I'm re- curious to see. And the Jonathan only reason would... is is because I I just think maybe Gallagher has maybe a little more wider range of work than say Navarro. I don't I don't know. Just my gut was like Navarro. Then it was like ah, but I don't know Gallagher. No. <laughs> you know I uh, Navarro. I respect his work with Carmen Electra. That was. <laughs> it was well delicious. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I'm going with Gallagher. I think the body of work is is a lot more uh, substantial. Yeah. I will Gallagher say doesn't have to take his shirt off all the time either. He has a <laughs> great great sound and tone on uh summertime rolls. I still I still jam that song yeah. all the time. Yeah. All so, right. Our first sweep. Got... That's the first yeah. sweep. Yeah. Yeah, it was. There you go. Um up next, Jerry Garcia and Dickie Betts. You know, gosh, this. Go ahead, Levi. You you start us off with this. I one. had to go, Jerry Garcia. I'm yeah. a beautiful dead guy, and it was. I mean, it was instant, but but I, I think it may have been against anybody. Jerry Garcia was against in the first round, probably. Um, I like Dickie Betts. I don't think he'd have been as good a guitar player without having Dwayne Allman there as kind of like a teacher, but right. Yeah, and and I'll carry that on uh, thinking that you know I'm I'm a huge huge Allman Brothers uh, band fan, uh, probably top top six bands uh, sure. of all time for me. And uh, but Dickie Betts, that band was best with either Dwayne Allman or Warren Haynes, and it was pretty. It got kind of low without them there. Uh, that right. that being said, Dickie Betts wrote some killer songs for the Almonds, but uh, I got to go with Garcia. Yeah, same here. Um, you know, I actually these you know these people come from two of my favorite bands, and um, but uh, yeah, Jerry just uh, you know just the, his playing is it's really special to me. You know, I mean, so I uh, I respect Dickie, and um, I certainly uh, realize his contributions, but it's just it's, it doesn't, doesn't ne- compare to this Jerry. This next one was a tough one. Yeah, I, I could see how some people will choose one. Obviously, this one for me is a pretty sentimental choice. Um, I, yeah, Ace Freely versus Richie Blackmore. Ace Freely, Richie Blackmore. We know where Gabe's going. Um, I had to go Blackmore. And I don't blame it, someone for going. And Blackmore. it was tough. I mean, I love, I love fraley's like riff ability man he's a great riff guitar player and a great soloist um i just had to go blackmore though i like the i like the the blackmore tone i like rainbow a lot so blackmore is all right yeah um uh, richie's one of the most important heavy guitarists ever you know yeah go ahead get some actually gabe why don't you go uh well you know, Ace to me has always been Ace is a hero. You know, he's he's one of my heroes. Um, not only you know, I I could see how some people think his solos are kind of redundant, and they are. Um, but just the aura, the stage presence, um, just the fact that he's just he's a badass man. Um, yeah, and and Blackmore. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, Blackmore certainly one of the most important rock guitarists ever. I mean, just for sort of the sound that he helped cultivate and how many people followed in his footsteps. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, and I, I like rainbow too, but yeah, just 
Ace for me is uh, Ace is the total package, man. All so. right. Well, and unfortunately, I'm going to have a less scientific uh, approach to this. And uh, I think uh, with all apologies to Mike McCready of Pearl Jam, uh, you know, I'm much more likely to listen to records with uh, Richie Blackmore than, than Ace Freely, so I, I gotta go Blackmore. Alright. Uh, Ace goes out in the first, first round. round. It's, like, it's like a number one losing to a 16. <laughs> Alright. Now, okay, now here's the matchup. Right. Here's oh, the matchup. Yeah, this is tough. This is Mark Ford versus Rich Robinson. This might not mean a lot to some people some listeners but some listeners are like who and who yeah right (laughs) the whole time the whole time they've been like who and who yeah right (laughs) to the three of us though um this is like pitting um i don't know you know this is cain and abel yeah right (laughs) um a lead guitarist uh and a rhythm guitarist from the same band um not that rich can't play lead as well because he certainly can um you know, uh, gosh, a lot on the tours that I saw with Luther. Yeah. Yeah. For, for I mean, record, well, I, I think like since... part of the time he was like, yeah, I don't really want Luther to solo. Yeah. Um, for our listeners, this is uh, the black crows that they played into. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Mark yes. Ford, Rich Robinson, black crows. We could go off on uh pretty personal tangents here. Jonathan, why don't you start? I want I'm curious to hear your answer. Sure. Um, I think, uh, huge respect, uh, for Mark Ford, uh, his oh, work, yeah. Southern harmony, Amoric. uh, uh, three snakes wouldn't be the same records without him no doubt no doubt um he has a he has a pretty uh great uh move in in the black crows uh, uh blackberry video uh so if, if you all want to look that up and watch that video it's pretty entertaining uh rich robinson to me was a huge influence on uh my my songwriting uh uh, when I first picked up the guitar and this idea of alternate tunings um, and and uh, the, the song structures he's able to do and adding in, adding in those vocals uh, here and there when needed, uh, a la Keith Richards, uh, to me is totally invaluable. And uh, that, that band did carry on without Mark Ford, unfor- you know, uh, to the detriment of the band to an extent. But mm-hmm. uh, if R- Rich Robinson wasn't there, it... Um, it would have fallen apart completely. Yeah. Uh, so I got to go with Rich. All right. Levi. I'm yeah. Everything Jonathan said and more, you know, this was a tough one. I, I tossed and turned on it a lot. Um, <laughs> I had Robinson scratched it out, ended with Ford. You went with Ford. All right. Wow. And, Wow, and, and it was tough because I totally agree that without Rich Robinson, there probably wouldn't have been a Mark Ford, and so or a Black Crows for that. Well, no, yeah, you know what I mean, and I don't mean that as in Mark Ford had a really cool album with Burning Tree, and he probably would have made music and stuff. But Mark, Mark yeah, his Mark Ford solo stuff is is solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah but and he's so, better in the Black Crows. Yeah, than he's on his yeah, own. and so I do. I don't know. He just took me to higher places soloing than rich did and i will admit rich got me into the open tunings rich got me into nick drake i probably right. i remember yeah. reading an interview with rich like over 15 years ago and he was like oh you should listen to nick drake if you like open tunings or whatever mm-hmm. and so but just something about mark ford the the something about him he's got Maybe the essence him. man yeah he's got he's got the it 
Yeah, it's uh, it's tough, you know, when you got two your two guitarists from your favorite band, um, you know, and, and Ford, you've got a guy that to me has been kind of like the Eric Clapton of our lifetime, you know, with only with only a, a sliver of the recognition, um, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but uh, in Rich, you know, you've got probably my favorite music composer you know, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that really wins out for me, you know, I mean, just that body of work. And, uh, you know, I'm, I don't play guitar, but I'm with you guys. I, I know, I know about his tunings and oh, yeah. it was all tough, of that. Man. And um, so, yeah, I, I got to go with Rich, man. I mean, he's just yeah. so, he's such an important figure, you know, in, oh, yeah. in like the music I listen to, you know, I've, so uh, it's there tough. That it. was, that's, Toughest first round matchup for me. Yeah. All right, moving All right. on to the second uh, second region. Second region here, um, we've got John Frusciante versus Carlos Santana. John Frusciante of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? Right. Right. We've got John Frusciante and then Carlos Santana. Um, gets. What about you? Where do you go with this one? Uh, you know, I, I, I still can't uh, forgive Santana for the for that <laughs> early 2000s stuff. Uh, the Santana Millennium shit You're that so came smooth. out. You're so smooth. And so I, I'm not that partial to uh, Frusciante, so I guess just out of bitterness, I'm going with Frusciante. <laughs> All right. Um, I, yeah, I kind of agree a little bit. I, I like Carlos Santana. I like... A whole album of his. The thing is, he has about 35 more albums. <laughs> and, I, I, dude, I, I can listen to it, but it's like literally after that, it's like every record is very, very similar sounding to me. The solo styling, I, like you know absolutely within the first bar, you're like, yep, that's Carlos Santana mm-hmm. solo. I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Charlie Sheen didn't really take that song as uh, as like his theme song a couple of years ago when he was going crazy and saying that all the time. So yeah, but anyway, I, I had to I had to go with Prashanti. Um, for me, well, you guys have already won. I'm <laughs> Sorry, um, but you know, with Prashanti, I like him more than I like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. The Red Hot Chili Peppers have just like never really spoken to me. Like, I respect them, I, particularly their early stuff, like Mother's Milk, I dig. Um, everything after that has been, I don't know, It's uh, just kind of sounds a little too polished to me. I've just never really gotten into it. Um, so, goes with Carlos, but for Shante advances. Yeah, I guess both of those artists were, were guilty of early 2000s. Oh, not for Shante, but the Chili Peppers. Uh, with the Californication, considering more more I think polished, Prashante than... was back with them at that point. Oh, was, was he? Okay, yeah. yeah. All his solos are good. Like I could just handle a Red Hot Chili Pepper CD of just his solos, <laughs> and it'd be fine. But the rest of it just kind of clunkers to me. All right, ooh, this is a tough one. Robert Fripp of King Crimson versus famous, well, sort of side player. You know, kind of like the fame, the most probably like the most famous guitarist that never got famous, <laughs> if that makes sense. Roy Buchanan. All yeah. right. Um, for me, I'll go first on this one. Um, 
know, as far as as far as ability goes, like Roy Buchanan, you know, he's sort of the musician's guitarist. You know, like he's, you know, was guy turned down being in the Rolling Stones, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, you know, I Fripp has been a mainstay in a rotating cast of King Crimson characters. Um, and I think that while King Crimson's music, their latter stuff isn't always good. It's interesting and mainly because of him. So I went with Fripp. I, I agree with you there. Um, I, I just don't know enough of Roy Buchanan's work as well. Same here. I mean, I, I'm guilty. Of Robert that Fripp though, you know, legendary with King Crimson um prog rock you know pioneer so yeah i i went with fripp i in a um in a uh a dissenting vote i i went with buchanan uh, uh right. partly because he played a telecaster and uh and he the was. guitar he tones he got out of that tele were just fucking insane <laughs> and oh, yeah. uh, you know he he's his attitude toward uh, just tearing apart songs is is pretty um, inspiring. Uh, so yeah, I'm going with Buchanan in a losing effort. All right. Is it just me, right. like Buchanan and Dave Mason could have been like cousins or yeah? I don't like back in the day. There's a couple records where it's like I always see one and I think it's the other's record. <laughs> they, they like do. I'll be flipping at the record shop. They do look similar. All right, next one we've got Mark Knopfler. <laughs> Dire Straits versus George uh, Harrison. This one's tough. Of some band, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, it doesn't ring a yeah. bell. The, the the third most popular member of some band. Yes. Um, Jonathan, go ahead. Oh, oh man, first. you know I I'm, I'm a huge Dire Straits fan. Um, got I, I was fortunate enough to see Knopfler a few years ago on one of his I think it was all the Road Running uh, album tour. Um, a huge fan of Mark Knopfler and his tone, just uh, pristine. Oh yeah. And in any, no, I'm doing it. I'm taking Knopfler. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! <laughs> I'm I, right with you. I, I wanted, I wanted to take oh. George. I, but... Yeah, I had Harrison, and then I was like, no. I was you, like, erase that, and I all, went Knopfler. All Things it, Must Pass is, is an absolutely yeah. legendary album. Yeah. His work in the Beatles, he's, he's my favorite Beatle. Yeah, but same here. I'm, I'm taking Knopfler. Yeah, I, I, was... I, I can't do it. No, <laughs> I, I'll take I'll take care. While I, I, I also enjoy Dire Straits' body of work, maybe not as much as you do, um, I, uh, I, Mark Knopfler never put out an All Things Must Pass, so um, he did. So I'll, no. I'll, I'll no, take I'll take Harrison in a losing effort. <laughs> yeah, so I, just, I like Knopfler too much, man. When I <laughs> yeah. when I got both those names and I saw them next to each other, I was like, it's just going to come down to my gut. And part of me on certain days, because I know I'm going to get the hate mail. I certain times think George Harrison is an overrated guitarist. Ooh, wow. Wow, you're going to divert the hate mail from me to you. <laughs> so, Levi, have you listened to Cloud Nine lately? Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So I'll just post a Lady Writer video in response. 
Wow, so Knopfler in the Knopfler upset. I guess that's... I, Knopfler is the Iowa right. State, right? Let, or no, let me tell you, them guys ain't dumb. <laughs> All right, so um, next up, Stephen Stills and my one of my favorite additions to the tournament, Warren Demartini of Rat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, he snuck in the back door somehow into this tournament. <laughs> Maybe Levi did he did he did he come out of the cell and get into alone, our... won, The last week alone, he won three games to get into this tournament. <laughs> yes, he was, he was a conference tournament surge to get into. He, he knocked he knocked off George Lynch and uh, and CC Deville to get in. Um, that said, I'll go first. Fuck it, dude. I'm taking Warren D. Martini. Steven Stills is is not that important to me as a guitarist. He's not. No. I'll yeah. take fuck it, rat, dude. We go. <laughs> Alright, I'm going D. next. Martini I'm going next. I'll, I'm taking Steven Stills. Yeah. Levi. I, I gotta go Stills, man. Buffalo Ooh. Springfield. I have to. I have to. <laughs> yeah, I mean I get it. Um, uh, there's always another guy in Buffalo Springfield that I liked a little more. So Hey, we'll yeah. get to him later. All right. He's got a spot. All right. <laughs> I voted for Martini. I can understand why someone would vote for Steven Stills. <laughs> all right, Warren, I tried. Okay. Um, all right, next up. Oh, this is a good one. Um, Alan Collins of Leonard Skinner. Okay one of the members of the three guitar attack from Leonard Skinner. Um, and then Joe Perry of Aerosmith legendary guitarist, still going strong after all these years. Um, Levi, who do you got in this one? Brad Whitford. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I got to choose between these two guys though. So, um, (laughs) what we're going to do, I guess I had Alan Collins. I scratched it out. I went Joe Perry. All right. Um, I just like a lot of Aerosmith riffs, and I know part of those are Brad Whitford, but, um, I don't know. I had to go, I, I don't know, Free the Freebird solo is awesome, you know, but it also is now played out in my head, so I had to go, I had to go Joe Pear. All right. Um, I'll go next, uh. I think um, Aerosmith has has um, contributed less for more than they've contributed more to rock and roll, and uh, so I'm, I'm going Alan Collins. Me too, man. Uh, my he's my favorite member of the Three Guitar Attack. I mean, just I love watching him on stage. You know, like just tall, lanky fucker. You know, um, yeah, he's always leaping in the air too. He's, oh yeah, he's a wild guy, man. The guy could leap. Yeah, he could. Um, so, uh, so yeah, he was, he was always my favorite guitarist in Skinner. Um, so, uh, so, and he, he, he never was in new Skinner, so he never got to be in like shitty Skinner today. <laughs> so, so yeah, whereas Joe Perry's been on some shitty records. Um, so anyway, uh, I, Collins moves on. All right. All right. Okay, next one. Ooh, another Skinnerd matchup here. Well, one half of Skinnerd. Uh, Steve Gaines uh, came into Skinnerd uh, just actually for what one studio record and one live record uh, prior to the crash. 
And then we've got Tommy Bolin, as if you listen to this podcast, a favorite. Um, I'll go first on this one. Um, I, you know, it's, as much as Steve Gaines, it was just, you know, we, 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 the world, we didn't get enough of Steve Gaines, unfortunately, you know, just he wasn't long for this world, yeah. you know, in music, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately yeah. So uh, I got to go with Bolin and, and Bolin, another guy that wasn't long for this yeah. world either. These are two guys that two guys here that both died way too young. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, but Bolin, you know, is just a guy that over the last few years, you know, thanks to Jonathan, really, um, that uh, I've just gotten into a lot. And I've just really just just gobbled up just everything the guy's ever, ever recorded. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he's uh, Tommy Bolin. Is... I, I had to go Bolin as well. And um, I, I do like the way the Skinner sound was going with Steve Gaines a lot. Yeah, the, the Street Survivors yeah. album is by far my favorite Skinnerd record. Yeah, and um, it would have been really neat to see where they would have went, but I had to go Bolin. Right. Yep, yep, I agree. Uh, Bolin, undoubtedly. <laughs> All right, Alan, we'll take a look uh, when we get to it. Next, um, this one. Uh, this is this. This is one of my easiest decisions. The Edge versus Mick Taylor. Um, Taylor is the Mark IV of the Rolls. You know, um, it's a guy that the between those two, I think, are are pretty prevalent. Um, and then Mick Taylor played on, you know, the the you know those three Stones records, three consecutive Stones records that just stand up against any albums ever made. Mick Taylor, the edge. I don't even want to mention the edge. I don't, <laughs> I don't Who's even, that guy. Uh, right. Right. Uh, As, I think all the listeners know my thoughts on you too. Um, it's not that I don't think the edge is a good guitarist, but um, yeah, while, while I almost wa- want to vote the edge just to see your reaction, I, <laughs> I, I went with Taylor. Um, and it was a pretty easy pick for me as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, defend the edge here and 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 say that he's in a way a more important guitarist uh, in the annals of of rock history. Nick Taylor kicked so much ass he didn't need to do anything after. I, 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 I'm not saying he didn't kick ass. Roll. I'm just saying that that the edge is more <laughs> important. And no, I right. will. Yeah, the edge created a lot of guitar tones that people are still trying to. Mm-hmm. manipulate and create today so yeah. I, at I the same this, time he's I'm... the only redeeming quality in a terrible band all right um <laughs> all right mick taylor moves on good deal all right next one uh mike campbell and the masked guitar guitarist known as Buckethead. This is probably the only time these two have been compared. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> I, I don't know if these two are going to collaborate anytime soon um Levi, what about you? While I have seen both of them perform live, yeah, um, me too. I went with Campbell because I had to. Buckethead, I like. Um, Buckethead, though, is kind of too much of a gimmick to me, though. Um, Campbell's real; he's the real deal. All night long, whatever, two hundred and fifty nights a year, however many they tour, he's the dude. So. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. Very very and underratedly Campbell. guitarist in the in rock music too, and Campbell in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I go with Campbell as well. Um, with all due respect to Buckethead, yeah, I agree. Campbell is he's on par with, or I should say, Rich Robinson is on par with Mike Campbell in terms of his contributions to the band and being that integral to the band's yeah. songwriting and, and yeah. sound. He's great. Still sounds great too. Mm-hmm. Right on. All right, moving on. Is that the end of that bracket? New, new I think, region. Or that uh, division. New region. Yeah. New region. All right. Starting out, we've got Kurt Cobain. Versus Life's Been Good to Me, Joe Walsh of the Eagles and uh, Joe Walsh. Um, anyway, so uh, Jonathan, what about you for this one? Um, did you did you did you go Rocky Mountain Way, Jonathan, or did you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Uh, Polly won a cracker, and uh, Kurt Cobain is uh, taking that cracker and advancing on to the uh, second round. Right. Levi, I had to go balls to the wall, rock man. I had to go Joe <laughs> Walsh. Whoa, uh, is that so surprising? Whoa. No, no, no. I know you like him. I like, I like TVs thrown out of windows. I like fucking just. I like rock stars, and that's why the Eagles hired him to be in the Eagles because they were like, we need a rock star in this band. So, I guess so. <sighs> Yeah, um, I, 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 I like James, I, you know, we didn't mention the James gang, uh, which definitely, yeah. uh, I, I dig the James gang stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, Cobain, um, his influence I think is going to be more lasting when it's all said and done. Um, I also like the fact that Cobain always played, uh, he always played a cyclone, didn't he? Was it a cyclone or a jagstang? I can't remember. Uh, it's one of I, those two. Yeah. Um, and I always, I, I always loved the tone that he got mm-hmm. out of it. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, I'll go with Cobain. Yep. All right. All right. <clears throat> Next, we've got Jerry Cantrell versus Keith. So, uh-huh. Levi. What yes, do you got? Jerry Jerry Cantrell of Alice in Chains versus. Right. Uh, the mighty Keith Richards. And, well, for a moment, I gave it a second thought. I went with Richards in the end. And I I, I like a lot of Alice in Chains music. I just like a lot of Rolling Stones music better. Aside from The Edge, I like everybody here, you know? I mean, yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah, the, yeah. None of this was like people I'm voting that I hate or anything. Yeah. For me, I mean, just, you know, you got arguably the greatest rhythm guitarist of all time, you know? I mean, Keith. You know, I mean, I love I love Jerry Cantrell, but it's... And he's integral to Alice in Chains' sound, but Keith Richards, come on, gets... I'll go ahead and stick up for Jerry Cantrell here. Right. Uh, just for the sake of sticking up for him, I think uh, his... Uh, I'm not saying he's a bigger influence than Keith Richards, but Jerry Cantrell's right. influence, for better and for worse, right. on on uh, rock music for the last 20 years is pretty substantial. And Jerry Cantrell was a really... and is a really important part of Alice in Chains, and his solo stuff is pretty damn good as well. Yeah, I, And is. I might say his i'm definitely a lot more likely to rich to listen to uh cantrell's non-alice and chain stuff than i am richard's non-rolling stone stuff 
no expensive winos for you, huh? <laughs> All right. Um, okay, Keefe moves on. All right, Link Ray and Alex Lifeson. Um, Link Ray uh, of Rumble fame. Um, a guy that really pay, played, was still playing like in his 70s. He just died a few years ago, 07, yeah. I think. Um, of Alex Lifeson of Rush still going strong after all these years um you know i recognize link ray's contribution i know that link ray was like the you know one of the favorite guitarists of like a lot of guitarists we idolize like pete townsend and jimmy page Mm -hmm. you know they all they all kind of worship at the shrine of link ray probably because you know they were teenagers when he was making music Uh, uh, but for me yeah you know i mean i alex lifeson's a phenomenal guitarist and you know, Rush's music means a lot to me. I, I Link Ray's a great guitarist, but he just—he's not—he's not part of the body of work that Alex Lifeson is a part of. So mm-hmm. I went with Alex. Yeah, Jonathan. Yeah, I agree. Lifeson took it to the next level. Yeah, um, yeah. not to say that, that he built on yeah. Link Ray specifically, but he definitely took guitar work to another level. Yeah, this was this was a tough pairing because there's you know, two people who are just so kind of different here. Mm-hmm. You know, I I went with Lifeson as well. Yeah. Up next is uh, Zach Wild and Jim James of My Morning Jacket. Wow. Zach Wild of played with Ozzy, um, Black Label Society, um, and then my favorite Zach Wild work, Pride and Glory. Um, too bad it was only for one LP. Um, versus Jim James of My Morning Jacket. Um, Levi, what about you? You go first with this one. I am rock, so I went with Zach Wild, <laughs> just because I've met the guy as well, and he was super nice and down to earth. And um, besides being like crazy and a huge metal rock star, um, right. I I think his playing, I mean, for better or worse, like created a, a following, kind of like other like people Kendra. we've talked yeah. about. I mean, I think pretty much anybody who plays, whether it's a knockoff guitar or a name brand guitar, if you have an EMG 81 and an 85 pickup in it, it's because of Zach Wild. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Zach Wild. All right. Um, I definitely respect both of these uh, artists. And uh, like Gabe said, the Pride and Glory stuff, for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, Jim James, uh, his, his body of work just over the last 10 years has been pretty substantial and that guitar onslaught that my morning jacket gets going, yeah. uh, on stage is, is pretty intense and, uh, and, and their work, uh, his work with Carl Bremel from also from my morning jacket, it's, it's a dual dual guitar uh for for the 2000s and beyond. That's, that's, that's my favorite tandem of the last yeah. 10 years. Yeah. You know, ten or twelve years. Yeah. Um, those two, those two really, really are in the pocket. Um, yeah. So I'm the tiebreaker here. Um, <coughs> this is tough for me, um, but I'm going to go with Jim James because I really just I bought a couple Black Label Society albums. I don't really like them that much. Like I like what he did with Ozzy. 
Um, and I think like he kind of breathed some new life into Ozzy's work when he when he entered, you know, when he came on board. Uh, and that Pride and Glory I, is one of my favorite records of the '90s. You know, I think it's one of the, I think it's just just a phenomenal record. But uh, Jim James's body of work just stands up better. I, how do you feel about Black Label Society, Levi? I don't really think they're that I, great. No, and I I agree. I wish um, at times, you know, that he would maybe have done more with Pride and Glory or yeah. the Book of Shadows record, man. That's I, I wish yeah, he could have... acoustic one's good, too. If, yeah. You know, I, I sometimes think of that record, if he had gotten a little more successful off that, maybe it would have steered his path a certain way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, say la vie. All right. All right, next we've got uh, Joe Satriani, um, a guitarist that kind of, I don't know, embodies some of the excess of the instrument, um, <laughs> versus Vernon Reed of Living Color. Um, Jonathan, what about you? Who you go out here? Uh, I want to tease our real uh, guitar nutheads and, and take a step toward the potential matchup of Satriani and Vi. And uh, <laughs> where the 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 Twitter sphere will explode, I'm going to take Satriani. People, they're going to they're going to they're going to they're going to uh, band up with all the Tony McAlpine fans. <laughs> so... Aldi Miola. <laughs> yeah, Satriani. Uh, Shredding all night long. Okay, okay. Um... You say. So. You want to go next? You who who you want me to go? You go, go for it. This was a tough one. Uh, I, I went with Reed. Yeah. I had to. I think um, just because I, I think they were influential to so many different people in the eighties. And yeah, if you look, they're still touring. Like on any given night, you can still go see Living Color. They're playing. Yeah. Yeah. Good too. It's all the yeah, yeah. Satriani's just, it's just never that. Just his style never spoken to me. You know, I just I excessive. I I I've just um. So yeah, Vernon Reed for me. Um, his work on um, Vivid and then uh, Stained as well. And then, uh, you know, every time I've seen him jamming with people, he looks like he always really knows what he's doing. So I'll, I'll go with him. <laughs> All right. Toy Caldwell of the Marshall Tucker Band versus Steve Vai. I'll start. I'm, I'm going to take uh, the chicken picking, Toy Caldwell. <laughs> Good choice. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh... I have a feeling this might be a, a three-way uh, three-way vote here. I'm going with Toy Caldwell as well. Underrated guitarist, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. He, both the Caldwell brothers, have passed away. Yeah, Toy and Tommy. Right, right. Okay. Steve Vai, uh, another guitarist. Um, aside from his work on David Lee Ross, "Eat 'Em and Smile," never really spoke to me. I don't know. He just. <laughs> in the same camp as camp as satriani like those guys almost know the instrument too well you know it's like 17 guitar necks <laughs> right right <laughs> like, just like you know like you don't have to cram that many notes into one bar you 
just you don't have to play guitar like that. Don't get me wrong, you guys are really good, but <laughs> listen to what some other people are doing. Um, all right. Next up, we've got Ronnie Montrose versus Randy Rose. <laughs> Ronnie Montrose of Montrose, and then uh, he put out like this fusion-y kind of project called Gamma as well. Yep. Gamma one, two, and three. Right, which are really, which are cool records. Um, oh, Ronnie, uh, he also played with uh, Van Morrison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He apparently, I read, um, uh, Van Morrison's wife loved Ronnie, fooled around with him, I guess. So I heard Van booted him from the band because of it. <laughs> <laughs> One of those uh, last tours that he did, he played down in St. Louis with Pat Travers. Oh, nice. Yeah, there's some video on YouTube of it, actually. Nice. Versus Randy Rhodes, a guy that, um, you know, Ozzy's always surrounded himself with kick-ass lead guitarists, and Randy was certainly no exception to that. And another guy that was just, you know, didn't, uh, was was gone way too soon. Um, so uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the little guy, man. I'm taking Randy. For me, it's as much as I as much as I respect Ronnie Montra. In, in my book, what's weird is I, I think Ronnie's the little guy. I went with the oh, yeah, little they guy. Both, these guys are both short. These guys are <laughs> no, both, no. These guys are both. I, I just short. Meant, like I thought. I think Randy Rhodes is still like heralded as like an '80s guitar savior. They just released, I think, a week ago, a Randy Rhodes tribute record, full of people doing obviously Ozzy and Randy songs. Um, which I heard a couple of the songs. They weren't bad. Um, I, I had to go Montrose though. The uh, Bad Motor Scooter, Rock Candy. That uh, first Montrose record is yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. Getz, I'll be curious to hear your take on this. Um, what, uh, what, what, where, I, which, which direction are you? I, uh, I, I gotta go Rhodes. I gotta go Rhodes. Um, uh, the, the, the rock guitar influence is is, is too uh, instilled. Yeah. Good choice. Um, so uh, we go on the crazy train rather than the bad motor scooter here. <laughs> All right. Okay, next we've got Jeff Beck versus Gary Rossington, so the third Skinner guitarist to emerge within the tournament. Um, Jeff Beck, legendary guitarist. Um Yardbirds, Jeff Beck group. Um, yeah, for me, you know, for this one, um, Ross is not one of the or like he's one that's still playing with them. Only one still. But, uh, you know, after the 70s, you know. Gabe, you're cutting out on us, so I'm going to go ahead and, and, and go um, right now. Um, so your, your video will probably catch up here in a second. Um, but I'll, I'll go ahead and go and say that Jeff Beck's solo stuff, uh, Truth, is a really great album. And, yeah, excellent record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I highly recommend it if, you haven't, if anybody hasn't oh, yeah. heard it. Uh, and so that his solo stuff speaks quite a bit uh, to me. So I'm going Jeff Beck. Yeah, I'm... I'm in your same boat. I had to go Jeff Beck as well. Even though I do like Gary Rosenton a lot. I do like Skinner a lot. Um, I just, uh, I, I don't know. I just like Beck's playing more. What can I say? 
Ooh la la. Um, all right. I'm, I go with the same. Yeah. Um, I mean, Beck's Beck's a master, man. Um, you know, it's uh, one of the. Even though, like, I'm I'm probably not as intimately familiar with Beck's work as I am Rossington's, um, just because I listen to Skinner more. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, Beck yeah. though is uh, his. He's he's off the charts. So yeah. Ooh, that, that that makes for a mean second round match. Yeah, that and Randy Rhodes. Uh, up next, we got Jimmy Page and Ed King. Or no, wait, we're done with Skinner guitarists. Right. <laughs> um, we have Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin and Bob <laughs> Weir of the Grateful Dead. This uh, this it's a good first round match. This was here. a really yeah. This is a good one. This is our final region here. These are like two big. These are like two big schools like facing off in the first yeah. round. You know. Um, yeah, this is serious. Had Weir scratched it out, ended with Page. Same here. I go with Page. Um, as much as I I love Bobby, um, you know Jerry's always you know the you know was the, the more the lead guitarist in the Dead. Um, uh, I do. Yeah, I love Bobby. Uh, yeah, I appreciate everything Bobby did. Weather Report, Sweet Cassidy, all the, well, the list all goes those on Bobby and on. Yeah, yeah man. and he's a guy that you know probably his contributions to the Dead often get overshadowed by Jerry Garcia's. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I got to go with Page. I mean, just uh, you know, such an important yeah. guitarist. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I'm going to save all my arguments for the later rounds. He's sure to be in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Next. Ooh, good one here. Roy Rory Gallagher and Eddie Van Halen. Probably a guy that influenced Eddie Van Halen is my guess. Yeah. Um. Gosh, you know. Uh, these guys are these, God, these guys both these guys are so good. Um, Eddie Van Halen revolutionized the electric guitar. I guess some people to some people Roy Gallagher probably did too. But Eddie Van Halen um, is the master who spawned a lot of shitty apprentices. <laughs> um, but I still got to go with Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. Eruption. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm, you know, I, I got to go with Rory. Uh, Rory's uh, body of work is. Uh, so good, and I'm I'm not downplaying uh, Eddie's uh, participation in Van Halen, uh, but but what Rory did uh, is uh, in a way unequaled in, in some yeah. senses. Yeah, I I have a Rory Gallagher tattoo T-shirt. It's the cover of nice. the tattoo record, nice. a white T-shirt, and um, anytime I wear it, somebody's always giving me a compliment and. He's one of those people that's definitely a guitarist or musician's musician. Um, definitely. I had Rory scratch it out. When no! Good and choice. The only reason why is because somehow within Eddie Van Halen's guitar playing is like my youth, like boiled, oh, yeah. like boiled down to like an essence of like guitar strings and tapping. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on. Gosh, this is this is another one. This is like this matchups right right on page with, right on right on, right on par with Jimmy Page and Bob Weir, uh, Mike McCready of Pearl Jam and Neil Young. Um, man, gets I want actually I want Jonathan to pick this one first. 
so obviously I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan, um, and and McCready is absolutely integral to that band's sound. Uh, and actually, shoot, he's more influenced by Eddie Van Halen than he is Neil Young. Probably, and, yeah. Uh, but Neil's Neil's body of work, his um, his range, whether his riffs or solos, I, th- I think is greater than McCready, and I think McCready might be the first to admit that. Yeah. Uh, so right. I, I got to go, Neil. Okay. Uh, this was a tough one because I, this is, this I, is I like both guitarists a lot, and you know. Um, Sometimes you think there might not have been one without the other, but yeah, I I, I go with the the body of work and Neil Young somehow can just play sometimes some of the most haunting sounding chords on a guitar. It's like I don't know. It's like they're almost like Neil Young chords because like right. if you you're like oh that's just some weird like sustained or something weird chord and you try and play it, but it's like man, how does he make it sound so creepy? Right. right, right. This is a tough one. This is like a matchup right on par with um, with Ford and Robinson mm-hmm. um, here. Gosh, he's already lost, so I'll go with McCready. Michael Davis, that one's for you. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I think you can make arguments that McCready's maybe the most underrated lead guitarist ever. You know, yeah, um, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people that are guitar geeks like don't mention him. You know, and they should. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just uh, wouldn't be wouldn't be Pearl Jam without him to me. So, I, I, in a little of a comparison, almost in my mind, I think he gets kind of like Ace. People don't consider Ace Freely one of the better soloists of all time, and it's like, well, and they I, and I think that that's an apt comparison because his one of his biggest influences probably oh, yeah. is. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie, and Ace are bigger. Gets is right are bigger influences than Neil Young on uh, McCready. Yeah, all right. Uh, moving on, okay. we've got Dimebag um, and Dave Mason. Interesting matchup here. Um, gosh, you know, you've got you know Dimebag. Obviously, um, you know, just a tragic ending to that life. Um, I only bring that up because, you know, I we probably didn't get to see as much as of him as as we should have. Um, but you know, to me, it's like outside of Pantera, I don't know, I don't know what necessarily his his contributions are outside of outside of Pantera, and Dave Mason as well. Like post Traffic, you know, didn't really. I don't know. I mean, Alone Again's a great record, um, so I'll go with Mason. Just because you know, I, I don't see like a, a solo. I don't see like the bot, the work outside of Pantera. You know that I that I see with Mason outside of Traffic. Mason put out a Alone Again's a great record. Um, I'm going to go with uh, actually Dimebag. Uh, mm. Even though I'm more familiar with Mason's uh, repertoire, I think Dimebag's influence uh, is yeah. greater. So Dimebag, tough call. This was a tough call. I. Uh... I really enjoy Only You Know and I Know. I think that's a great song. Um, and I obviously appreciate Traffic. They're one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up with Dime, though. And I, I think um, I think the time will tell that Dime, I think, obviously influenced a load of guitarists. He did. And um, 
I think a load of guitarists to come too. I think he's going to be one of those people that maybe like, you know, in another 15 years or so, people are going to go back and be trying to play his stuff mm. again. Not, you know, not just like they were in guitar world in 1995 or whatever. Right. Right. They're both great, you know? Uh, so that was a tough one, but dime bag advances on. Nice. Mm -hmm. All right. Mick Ronson. And then we've got George Lynch from Dokken. Yeah. All right. Rockin um, yes. So, uh, gosh, you know, as, as much as I like to say I'm in the Lynch mob, um, you know, uh, Ronson's work with Bowie, he was, you know, kind of Bowie's secret weapon. I got to go with Mick Ronson here. Levi, what about you? Yeah, Ronson all the way on this one. Yeah. Um, I will admit George Lynch had some of the really coolest airbrushed guitars of the 80s he did he had that like one that you, was like a skull like the one yeah that was like, like a if, yeah too. if you go if you go look up uh george lynch guitars he no. had some, some crazy looking guitars somebody had to have the coolest airbrush guitars of the right, 80s exactly <laughs> right <laughs> I'm, I'm going ronson as well uh the bowie stuff uh, uh is pretty uh timeless Alrighty, up next, Pete Ooh. Townsend and Tony Iommi. This is a tough one for me. How about you guys? Yeah, this was this was a real tough one. Very tough. Yeah, very very tough. <sighs> I don't even. I, I can't go first. I'll go Somebody first. Somebody else go. I think. Uh, I think Townsend's. Townsend's uh, versatility. Townsend wasn't a, a twiddly guitar player. Uh, his his songwriting, his production uh, capabilities. Granted, I don't know how much Iomi, uh, how much of a factor he was in the studio. Uh, I think Townsend's. I feel like Townsend is probably more of a visionary, and so I'm yeah. gonna go with Townsend. Tough call. Yeah, Levi. I I thoroughly enjoy both bands. Um, I think you know both are. You know, Tony Iommi especially is, I don't know, an originator, uh, to for lack of a better word. He's Devil's an original triad, dude. Of, of metal. So um, he's one of the, the original Four Horsemen. And um, it was really tough not to vote for him, but I did. I voted for Pete Townsend. Wow. And it was tough. And the only reason why was because... Yesterday, I re-listened to, again, for the millionth time, but on my new system with my new speakers and all my new vinyl stuff, I listened to Young Man Blues live at Leeds. That'll do it. Cranked mm -hmm. to about 11. And, yeah, that song is nothing but just pure, raw rock. I love that song. So, mm -hmm. Pete Townsend, you got me on that one. Gosh, this is... This is right up there. This is maybe the second toughest match for me. Um, two guitarists from two of my favorite bands. But I go with Jonathan that uh, Townsend, um, you know, probably had a little more vision than Iomi did, um, even though, God, Iomi's phenomenal. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> um, but I got to go with Pete here as well. All righty.
if it was just heavy guitarists like Iomi, I'd probably put in for as like winning the whole thing, <laughs> you know. Um, but not tonight. Okay, next one: Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine, Night Watchman, Audio Slave, versus Warren Haynes of the Allman Brothers, Government Mule, and uh, I don't know whoever else he plays with. He's in a oh, lot of bands. Um, yeah, you know, gosh. Levi, what about you for this one? I was torn on this one. This was one of the harder ones for me, even more so than the last one, or maybe even the Jimmy Page and Bob Weir, because I really like both of these guitarists a lot. Um, You know, um, part of my youth would not have been as upset and angry if Tom Morello hadn't been there to help me. Yeah. (laughs) And so I definitely have a spot in my heart for him. Um, but I went with Warren. I, I've seen him play a lot. I know sometimes he can kind of be a one-trick pony, but he's one of the nicest one-trick ponies you'll ever meet. Oh, yeah. And, and I've had the pleasure to meet him a couple times. And, um, yeah, Warren got my vote. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll agree with that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big uh, fan of tom morello's work uh in rage against the machine obviously and he showed him some range with the night watchman stuff but uh, warren haynes has been a really important influential guitarist since the mid 80s yeah and that's a long time and he the dude is a road warrior uh, oh yeah probably i once saw warren haynes play for nine hours in one day <laughs> at, at Summerfest in Milwaukee with three different bands, he, I saw him play for nine hours. Uh, it's it's nothing to him. I mean, he he, he knows how. To, uh, it's it's second nature. So yeah. more hands. He's a workhorse, definitely. Um, yeah, Morello. I mean, just unique. Puts out a, a really great sound, and seems like he a lot of pedals and shit. You know, he's got uh, he's got all the tricks. You know, um, but. I don't know. Outside of Rage, nothing really speaks to me. I think the, both those Audio Slave records are actually, I would say, not that great personally. Um, I yeah, I don't dig them, um, really. Um, but uh, yeah, so I go with Warren. This this wasn't too hard for me. I, I respect Morello, but Warren is how I roll. Alright. Hey, our last one here. Oh yeah, last last first round uh, matchup. We've got Trey Anastasio from Fish versus Kim Thile from Soundgarden. All right, so um, what, uh, Jonathan? Why don't you start us off with this one? Sure, uh, I'm a pretty big Soundgarden fan, and I've I've dabbled in in a, in a bit of Fish. Uh, been to a few shows, uh, but I think uh, Kim Thale's uh, versatility and songwriting is off the charts. And that's not to say Anastasio isn't, hasn't been really influential in solid guitars for the last 20, 25 years. Okay. Uh, but I, I got to go Thale. Levi? Gabe? I was going to say Gabe. How about you? Well, I'm probably the, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I would guess I'm the biggest fish fan among the three of us. Um, so uh, I would, uh, you know, it, obviously Kim's awesome, um, and uh, his work on on uh, on the you know the the prominent Soundgarden records um, speaks for itself. But 
yeah, you know, Trey's been a pretty important figure in live music for me for uh, for you know the last almost twenty years now. Um, and he's got killer tone, um, and uh, yeah, he's 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 just always been solid too. Um, so yeah, I, I go with Trey here. This was um, one of those matchups where I don't know. I wouldn't say I was hugely engrossed in either of these artists sure. work um i i obviously know them both i know soundgarden i know fish i've listened to both i have some cds of one i at one time had maybe a couple fish cds i just never could fully dive into that pool and um i went with kim i just uh I think maybe there's a little bit more of an emotion in his playing that I get a little more than Trey's. Mm-hmm. So I, I went with Kim. Cool. There you have it. There you go. All right, everybody. Um, thanks for, for hanging with us during the first round of play uh, in the guitar bracket here. A lot of fun. Um, we have... Uh, it takes a while to talk about all of these great guitarists, so... We are going to continue this in um, a follow-up episode where we take you to um, take you to the end. So, should be a lot of fun. Um, I'll go ahead and share uh, the bracket as well on the website on rock2.com. We'll share the bracket on the website. You can fill out your own, talk about it with us and your friends. Should be a lot of fun. And don't forget, you can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RockIn. That's in as in Nancy Chew. And then the website is RockChew.com. So check us out on all of those social media platforms. And until the next time, we will see you. Take care. Adios. Later. <laughs>